0: Listen, life is a journey filled with unexpected detours, and most of us have experienced at least one, and maybe more, life-altering pitfalls. How we choose to react and grow from heartbreaks, roadblocks, stumbles, and struggles, well, that's where the magic is created. Tune in twice a month when me, Kathy Talone, asks, and then what happened? You don't want to miss an episode as we go on a fascinating journey with new and old friends, sharing their ups and downs on their unique path to personal freedom. I'm so grateful you joined us. Thanks for being here. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to And Then What Happened. This is Kathy Talone, and I am so grateful for you to be here today. This week, we have an amazing guest. As usual, because as you know, this show is all about inspiring women, telling stories, lifting each other up through our journey, through our authentic path. I have had such a pleasure over the past several months to get to know this woman. And actually, I'm still getting to know this woman. And that's why I am so, so excited and grateful for her to be on today. Sarah Tyler is a travel-loving expat mom and six-time best-selling author and publisher. She believes travel is essential for mental health and the best education for kids, teens, and adults. She started Nomad Publishing in 2021 to help aspiring authors share their travel experiences with the world. She has written for International Living About Expat Life in Mexico and organized TEDx Boca del Rio in 2022. Her home base is Boca del Rio, Veracruz, Mexico, with her partner and two young daughters. Sarah Tyler, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me and my guest today. How are you? I'm doing great. It's hot. It's hot in Mexico. So there's so much ground to cover here, Sarah. And again, <laughs> thank you, you so left. much for being Too here. You are. sorry. <laughs> no, no. Are you kidding? It, it, no, honestly, I was reading through all your things. And I, I just want to start and ask you, if you don't mind, how old are you?
1: I'm 37? 37 years old. Oh, my
0: gosh. Okay. Because your life is like busting at the seams. You know, that's how I look at you. Your life is so full. But let's go back to, you know, like, and then what happened between you living in this small town outside of Philadelphia and Mm -hmm. now already at the age of 37, 38, living in Mexico in Veracruz for the past 13 years. So (laughs) fill in
1: some of those blanks for us. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So I grew up in a small town where... You don't really have a lot of options. I didn't have strong women to look up to. I didn't really have a dream, to be honest with you, because everybody in my my mom, my dad's family, they just were working class, stay home moms. They didn't go to college. They didn't have careers. So that's really what I envisioned for myself: get married, you know, have two point five kids, get a a steady job, not even a good paying job, or 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 career, but just a job so that you could make, pay your bills every week. That's all I really uh, envisioned for myself. I didn't know any better. And then when I was 18 for my birthday, my boyfriend at the time said, let's go to Cancun. All right, let's go. You know, I was the first person in my family to get a passport and to go outside of the country. And even though it was Cancun, because Cancun is very touristy, it's Cancun. It was still a really life-changing experience for me because it wasn't as dangerous as people said it was going to be. You know, it wasn't what they they were fearful of. And it really, I would say that that trip is the one that got me addicted to travel because I saw a little taste of something different and I wanted to see more. I love that you said that. I, this is like
0: so juicy for me, honestly. <laughs> Fear, I'm a transformational life coach, and, like, fear is the obstacle. So by you even just sharing that, that breaking through that fear and say, "Wait a minute, this is a little bit different from the story that I was told. ok. I, w- I want you to just continue on this
1: journey because i'm I'm loving it already well, if i can if I can comment on that, in the United States, we are so fearful. All we see on the news is Mexico is bad and there's drug cartels, murders, kidnappings, rapes. The news is very divisive there. It's very much against immigration. It's against diversity. It's racist, sexist. So then when I went to Mexico for the first time, the people that I met were not at all what I expected. And that really was the first... Opportunity I had to think outside the box, too, to think outside the box.
0: Right. (laughs) We'll talk talk about that soon. Yeah. Right.
1: (laughs) To leave that comfort zone because your friends and family and your hometown, it's a comfort zone. But if you never leave, you're really never going to grow. So that kind of opened Pandora's box. And I was, I started traveling all the time. And then they found myself single. And I was like, travel by myself and my family freaked out they freaked so, out
0: so what is traveling by yourself like where were you traveling you said you started traveling all the time were you in the country were you in the united states were you uh
1: hooked on mexico what did that look like? i was very much hooked on cancun for my first solo trips mm-hmm. because i had been there before you know you have the safety of the hotel zone your little comfort zone the hotel zone And then every time I would go, I would spend more time in downtown Cancun. I would spend more time with locals, you know, fumbling through Spanish and trying to get better. And it was a really safe way for me to have the best of both worlds. You know, I have this all-inclusive here if I want it, but I was going more and more outside of it. And then you know you open. I'm opening Pandora's box. So once I'm okay, well, I'm bored of Cancun. Now where else can I go? Go to Guatemala. You know, I'm going. To, I went to Bermuda by myself. You start to explore all these different places because you're getting more confident. And you said your family started freaking out. So what oh, was no. that? They were. They told me that I would be murdered. That they're not paying the ransom when i get kidnapped (laughs) oh my (laughs) god anything that you could think about you're too young you're too blonde you're too pretty you're too nice you know they're going to take advantage of you you're going to get robbed anything that you could think of anything that was a storyline on fox news at the time my parents were big on that they were telling me and and it was really frustrating because this is your support system you know i have I have this amazing idea, I'm going to travel alone, I'm a woman, I can do it, you feel so self-confident, and then everyone in your life is really putting you down. And so I really had to reflect on that and realize, why why would I listen to people who've never traveled, who've never left the country? Why am I listening to people who aren't where I want to be in life? And and I think that's really where I really started to outgrow my comfort zone, the friends and family I had when I was growing up. I love them, but I was outgrowing them. Yeah. I think
0: the awareness in that is the, the turning point, right? Is once we can see that and understand that, then we can grow off of that if we choose to. Not everyone does, right? A lot of People, women, you know, we, we, especially women can tend to go back to that comfort zone and say, okay, I see that this isn't going to work, but you didn't. You had an adventurous spirit. Uh, I am imagining from, you know, what you're saying and also everything that I know about you and things that we're going to be talking about as we continue this interview. Um, But you chose a different path. A fearless path. Was that, do you feel like, because of this burning adventure spirit, because of your curious, like what would, what, what adjective, how would you kind of summarize what motivated you and projected you into this, like you said, this new world in a sense, this, you know, outside of your comfort zone?
1: Well, I, you know, like many girls when I was growing up, I read books. My brothers would go out and to contact sports and go out to parties and all of this stuff. And I really wasn't allowed to. I was treated very differently than my brothers. Two different standards. And so I was always reading books. Every year I'd, I would win the the reading award in school, read the most books. And so it's kind of funny because where, where are you learning about the world? You're learning about it in books. So it's almost like the way that I was being protected, being kept safe, Came back to bite everyone in the butt when I wanted to learn more. So then after I was traveling alone by myself and building up more confidence. And when you're alone, you have to do these things like start a conversation with somebody else, which is nerve wracking. We don't talk to people in the United States. I have never talked to somebody that I don't know on the street. Are they going to think I'm crazy? Are they going to yell at me? What is going to happen? All these things go through your head. But I started to talk to people and and I started to talk to more people. And that was really a point where my world exploded. It exploded because now I'm meeting other women that travel alone. And they've been all over Asia and all over Europe and Africa and they've backpacked. And they're okay. None of us have been hurt. None of us have been raped, kidnapped. None of that has happened. And then I'm meeting people who live abroad. And so my parents, they love this, right? So I'm meeting people who live abroad, and the idea starts, starts to plant in my mind. And before I know it, it becomes the plan to live abroad. And that was way worse than when I went to travel by myself, the backlash from family and friends. It probably would have gone over better if I told them I was getting arrested for murder than moving abroad. It was really bad.
0: What was the sticking point there? Was it they're going to miss you, or was it just purely fear that they were afraid something
1: bad was going to happen? They were happen? afraid. They were afraid. My parents, I I always had a really bad relationship with my mom. We never got along, but my dad and I were very close, so he he wasn't as bad. But my mom, she really suffered with mental health issues, with depression, And she just would cry and scream almost like she was going through the stages of grief and trying to change my mind. And, and I really had the confidence at the time to say, why would I stay here? You're not even happy. Why are you trying to convince somebody else to live this mediocre life? Why wouldn't you want better for your children? And so we had a lot of those conversations and whereas my dad was like, I'm not even going to try and talk you out of it.
0: was much more normal about it. Interesting. But you did it. So, and, and I understand and I love when you talk about, you know, all of these things continue to like, we attract these people into our life. So yeah. first, it's just like, all right, I'm just going to go to Cancun because, you know, we did. That's and then I know it right? started, started growing and growing. And now, you know, people who are backpacking in Asia, but now, you know, like our world just continues to create and continues to expand. So now, you know, like actual people who live in different
1: countries. It's interesting to look back, because I know that I wouldn't have gone from, you know, I'm 18 years old, let me move abroad. I wouldn't have made that jump. That wasn't, it wasn't even in my mind that that was a possibility to live abroad. You know, you're picturing like, wooden huts, no electricity, you're picturing all these things that are not what, another country is. So it really is a gradual build up of spending more time outside of your comfort zone. Growing as a woman without anyone telling, what to, telling you what to do, which is so important for us. We're told what to do our entire lives. and It just becomes bigger and bigger.
0: Okay. So here you are, you're out in the world, you're gaining all of this experience. I'd like to say, you know, we're growing wings. Our wings are growing, you know, larger and stronger and we're yeah. gaining this confidence. And now all of a sudden we have almost more people in this new world than we do in the old world, right? That yes. the, the people in our new world, their voices are stronger. And 100%. More welcoming than what we're leaving behind, and that's a very, very difficult place to be as well. You're still kind of on that bridge in the gap, you know, moving from your comfort zone into the dream. So, tell us, um, yeah, you moved to Mexico. Was that that was the first place that you moved?
1: Yes, I moved to Guadalajara, Mexico, Mm -hmm. and then I moved. I like to move. I love moving. Yeah, Because once you do it once, you're not afraid to do it again. So I moved from Guadalajara to Mexico City to Veracruz. And it was in, when I was in Veracruz, I was teaching classrooms, uh, teaching English, that I got the opportunity to work online. And I think it took me, it was definitely less than two weeks for me to, the light bulb to go off in my head because This was before there was a digital nomad movement. This was before Facebook groups and all the information that you could find. This light bulb just went off in my head. You can travel and still work. (laughs) And so I packed up everything. I sold everything in Veracruz and got my, my one duffel bag. And I went south and I ended up in El Salvador, living in El Salvador. And again, I wouldn't have gone from living, you know, my small town to moving abroad in El Salvador. I mean, the news on El Salvador is way worse than Mexico. But once you go to Mexico, you just get this this confidence. Now I'm going to El Salvador. I've been to Nicaragua. I've been to San Pedro Sula, which is the murder capital of the world. And nothing has happened. So, okay. I just want to
0: take it back for a second. When Mm -hmm. you originally moved, was there a thought that you were going to do this temporarily? Were you just kind of, you know, seeing how it went? Just tell everyone, you know, because I know this show, like I said at the beginning, it inspires so many women. So I love just getting in your head mm-hmm. and seeing, like, what was your thought process when you, uh, when you bought that ticket and you said, okay, I'm going to move.
1: Is it for a month, a year? So I actually... I actually did not sell everything. And I left my car with my brother. I left everything so that if it didn't work out, I could just come right back. But I left everything at my parents' house. So I wasn't paying rent, I wasn't paying for a storage facility or anything like that. And I, I have always been a minimalist, so I didn't have a lot anyway. And in hindsight, I should have sold everything because I loved it. I didn't anticipate how expensive it would be to move constantly. And I definitely could have used that money at the time.
0: Okay. So
1: that's a good tip.
0: <laughs> Just <Yeah>. fully take the <laughs> <a> plunge, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I felt comfortable taking the plunge because I had traveled so much, even even to Mexico City. I moved to Guadalajara, but I had traveled a lot around the country. When I see expats, I have a couple of expat groups. When I see them move to Mexico and they've never been here, it does not work out well. You, you really Say that, Say that again.
0: Say that again and tell us a little it, bit about that. Oh,
1: well, there's a lot of people who, who move to Mexico based on Facebook groups, based on other people's experiences okay. without ever visiting the place. And it never works out. It never works out. A lot of people get scammed on rent when they try to rent online, which I don't know why they would do it. Um, they're unhappy. It's not what they were expecting. It's not the Instagram version of expat life in New Mexico.
0: So that's super interesting. And I do want to talk about that. Um, cause of course you and I met through, uh, and basically we met in a Facebook group, really, you know, a huge community, but, uh, in a Facebook group. So, and I'm also in many, many Costa Rican Facebook groups. Um, there is a sense that it's paradise all the time and there is i mean i feel like i live in paradise but it's not it's not one sided right i mean the spectrum is from like really really difficult to really 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 incredible so the spectrum to me is much larger than it would be from where i was living in the united states which you know it's you know it's good and it's bad but now it's like really really difficult and really really incredible so with the whole technology and digital nomad movement and all of these things. What are you seeing in Mexico? Because I've I've read some things that you've written in our Facebook group, uh, and I'd just really like to show that. So maybe if someone listening right now is like, oh, I could do that too. Let's talk about some realities
1: of it. Oh, sure. So uh, during COVID, we lived in Playa del Carmen. And Playa del Carmen has changed so much In the past three years laida carmen merida and puerto vallarta on the west coast they're really as expensive as it would be to live in the u.s at this point because so many digital nomads have come down and the rents are three or four or five times more expensive it's really bad the rest of the country hasn't hasn't felt that so i think it's just a matter of Everybody has to travel and figure out where the place is for them because the place I've been to Costa Rica several times, it didn't feel like home to me. That doesn't mean it's not home to you. That doesn't mean you can't have this amazing transformational journey or life there. It's just everyone has to find the place that feels good to them.
0: And when people see the Instagram posts or the Facebook posts, and they show up in this place expecting, right? Because like <laughs> such high expectations on what this is going to look like, and um, y- y- so you've seen a lot of people kind of come and go <laughs> with their oh, tail between their legs, or
1: yes, just- every every job I had as an English teacher when I taught in person was because another expat disappeared and went home. I would get work all the time. And it's like another one? She was only here a month all the time. What do you think? I love this topic. What do, you, what do you think is like
0: the most difficult? What's the sticking point? What's the thing that everyone's like, okay, I'm out of here. I
1: am done with this. What is it? I think it's, I think it's, I don't have my support system anymore. Okay. It's That's very cool. easy for expats who don't have. I didn't have a great support, support system at home. Nobody traveled. Nobody was doing what I was, what I was doing. I didn't have things in common with them. I wasn't spending, they were going to the mall, I'm going to Bermuda. It was a completely different life. So I didn't miss that. If anything, for me, it was a relief to not hear about all the negativity and then trying to convince me not to live my life. But people who have really close relationships with their family, they struggle being in a foreign country. If you go to the hospital, you don't have someone to call to be with you. There's an emergency, God forbid. Um, I know people that have come to Mexico and one one family, the little boy actually walked outside of the house and the police picked him up walking along the beach by himself. All of this stuff happens and you don't have anybody. They don't know you you don't have your community so that comfort zone i mean it's a comfort zone for a reason right it's easy comforting people know you better than you know you know yourself but a lot of people they run right back to it there is definitely a
0: transition that needs to happen when you move really anywhere right but to a different country and to a central american country um, and everywhere is different, but it's not like home. You can't bring the sense of, like you're saying, whether it's community or just kind of that, I, I don't know, that, that vibration, right, that comfort vibration. You can't bring the way you used to live here, whether it's with physical community or just kind of that emotional support or even just – knowing the way things roll, right? It,
1: like, it's definitely it's a mindset. The mm-hmm. mindset thing where I am the learner. I'm the explorer. Everywhere I go for me is new. I want to try all the food. I want to meet all the people. I want to go to the museums, things like that. When people move abroad because they want to save money mm. or they don't really have that mindset of I'm going to immerse myself in Spanish in culture, I'm going to really live among the locals, like the local, and, and get to know them. A lot of people come down with the mindset of, oh, cool, I can hire a housekeeper. You know, I can I can save on rent. And if that's your primary motivation, you're not going to do a very good job at making friends.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's just going to be a, a different experience, right? Okay, so... I could go on and on about this i just i I think this is such an interesting conversation, especially for people kind of peeking in, right, like peeking in and saying, What does this really look like? um you know you're doing it, you've been doing it for a lot longer than I have and my family, but just having this conversation and and someone sitting um you know, up in the Northeast, <laughs> drinking tea, saying like, <laughs> what's going on down there? Is that something that I'm interested in? And of course, everyone's welcome to reach out to me anytime they want. I imagine they can, you know, you're an open book. No, oh, yes, no right. pun intended. We're going to talk about your books here in a minute. But um, yeah, it, it I, there's so much to share about it. There really is. But let's move on now, because you have so many other things to talk about. Um So you were an English teacher, not online, but you were an English teacher for your first job. Where did you go from there? So you were were in Mexico, then you went down to El Salvador. And you just mentioned this really quick. It's like El Salvador to Americans. (laughs) I mean, can you even get in the country, right? Never mind, can you survive for a day, but can you even get into the country? What does El Salvador look like and what made you do that? Because I feel like you have to tear down a lot of mindsets and a lot of paradigms to make that move into a country. I grew up and there was a huge war in El Salvador, right? And right. that was what we talked about. So talk talk a little bit about that in moving furiously
1: into this country that <laughs> is um, not well, what, what I, most people do. With my newfound freedom, working online, working remotely, I decided, you know what? I want to see the Panama Canal. I love, mm. I love history and minor in history. So I'm really big on that, those types of places. So I decided to backpack by myself, take the bus and stop in every single country on the way down and every single country on the way back up just to torture myself a little more, right? Cause when you get down to Costa Rica and Panama, those bus rides are long, very, very long. And uh, I decided I had the best time in El Salvador, you know, I met people, they took me out for traditional food, Uh, there's a lot of people that speak English there, they use American money. It made it really, really easy to say, okay, I'm going to go to El Salvador. So cool. So, I mean, to even think
0: that they use American money, just like Panama does as well, like people don't know these things. It's, you know, it's so wild. And I do feel like now that I've been down here for just over two years and traveling to countries that I would never have even considered going to, um, because of the fear, of course, you, know, you say, I had no idea that so many people, it was such an international Country, never mind. Like Panama is so international because of the Panama Canal. It's such a wealthy. I mean, there is you know incredible poverty in Panama. There's incredible wealth also, and and that could be for a lot of different reasons.
1: Right. (laughs) That's that's another podcast day. (laughs) That's another
0: podcast, right? (laughs) The money laundering and all of that. But um, (laughs) but there's so many things that we just not having conversations about, again, especially in Central America. Um, So you took, you backpacked through Central America, south, and then you went back up north. and, And
1: then what happened? Continue on this journey for us. Take us through. Well, I lived in El Salvador for two or three years, almost three years. My daughter was born there. And there are great things about El Salvador, like anywhere, right? There are great things about the U.S., great things about Mexico. The things that I missed about Mexico when I was in El Salvador were that San Salvador is not walkable at all. You you need a car. And gasoline outside of the United States is really expensive. So it started little things like that with an infant really started to bother me. Needing a car, being outside the city, anything that I needed in the supermarket, it closed really early because of... The danger in the country so things just started to bother me where i was whereas i was remembering living in mexico and you know being at the beach all the time and be- walking around and so i ended up going back to mexico but to the yucatan and my daughter and i we lived in Progreso, and we did the digital nomad thing for a little while i would just rent an airbnb for a couple of months and then we would go to mexico city and then we would go to cancun and We did that um, while she was an infant, and it was the best time of my life because it was just me. It was just me taking care of this little tiny baby, and I thought it was going to be the hardest thing in the world, and it really wasn't. Wow. Wow. Even I mean,
0: even I have a hard time wrapping my brain around that because, again, we're just talking so much about paradigms and mindsets. It's like, how can you do that? How can you do that to... An infant, how can you be so reckless and selfish? Okay. To, you know, just like these yes. like cages that we've put ourselves in, like our, our self imposed limits. You can't do that. Yes. And then for you to say, and it was so much easier than I thought, you know, like, wait a minute, what? So you had your daughter in El Salvador and now mm-hmm. you're living back up in Mexico. You haven't. I mean the time of your life, it sounds it sounds like a very joyful experience. I would say you're... that oh go ahead. No, that's it. I was just gonna say
1: oh, what I'm getting yeah, from you, from you is
0: joy and freedom, right? In, in
1: I was gonna say that by that point I was self I was self-employed, so I was teaching English and Spanish online. Teaching more Spanish, honestly, because that was the bigger demand. And my students loved my baby I would be breastfeeding they wouldn't even know wouldn't even see it on the camera they were so patient with with if she cried if they had to feed her that I didn't lose any students or any work over it coming from the U.S. where we hate kids so we do not want kids in our restaurants we do not want to be around children I think I saw in the news that their airlines are going to start having adult-only planes we're not kid-friendly And there is no better place to be with a baby than in Latin America. Strangers would hold her so I could go to the bathroom. You know, like everybody wants to hold this baby, to show affection to this baby. They don't get mad if she's screaming or crying because babies do that. You know, when we would be on a flight and it was Americans, it was so dreadful. I would hear the comments walking down the aisle. (laughs) baby I hope she doesn't sit next to me and when we were on flights within Mexico completely different experience so again my mind is opening up where when I lived in my little small town there was one way to live moms are putting their their kids in daycare or they're staying at home but now I'm I don't have to make that choice I can work with my daughter right with me I love that I love that. Thanks for thanks for sharing that, Sarah.
0: Um, all right. So you're teaching English. You're teaching teaching a lot of Spanish.
1: You have your little baby, and and then what happened? <laughs> my my little baby became a little girl, and then I had another little baby, and I you know babies become toddlers. This is that is like you know the puppy grows up <laughs> super easy when they're babies, super easy, not so easy. Uh, because I was teaching a lot. I was teaching hundreds of students a week group classes online. And it wasn't as easy with toddlers.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: interrupt. You know, they get right in the camera. It's it's not the same. So that's when I actually decided to start something else. That's when I started publishing books.
0: Yeah, this is what I want to talk about. I can see them. Oh, We're not on video. But I can see the books <laughs> in your <the> background. <laughs> Let's talk about
1: this. So I... I really wanted to find something that I cause all of the limits, all of the pressures that I have I put on myself. I 100% know that I'm sure that most people didn't care if my daughter interrupted class two times, but I cared. I cared. It would stress me out and it was really not giving me a good quality of life to have so many so many classes. Um, at the same time, I'm also like locked in a room wherever we're traveling for eight hours a day. So I'm not really traveling. It's not that I had outgrown it. So I was thinking, well, what can I do with the same skills that I've earned as a teacher? I have my bachelor's degree. I have my master's degree. I want to use what I've, you know, have all these student loans for. And that's when I came across the opportunity to publish, to start a publishing company. And again, when you're already living outside your comfort zone literally living outside of it because you're an expat and everything you've done up until now has gone well it makes it really easy to just try it If it doesn't work out i'll go back to teaching but luckily it did
0: so let me just ask you um you said you got your bachelor
1: and your master's in what my master's is uh, my master's is in educational technology. Wow. And my bachelor's okay. is in teaching English and minor in history. Okay, great. And, and I don't, I really didn't need to do all of that school which is, which is another, and then what happened kind of thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: because, uh, you know, I have my kids and we're doing the publishing. I'm specifically working with moms so that one of our kids is gonna scream when we're on a call and we're okay. There's no pressure. We understand each other. And I think that was a huge decision, like a great decision I made with being an entrepreneur because you have a lot on your plate. That was just a huge relief to me. But at the same time, my kids are getting older and it's time for them to go to school. And and so I'm an academic. I did really well in school. Super easy for me. I, I usually didn't even buy the books in college. I just faked it and got straight A's. I just always was a really good test taker. So it was hard for me to realize that a lot of the school, the school, the school here in Mexico, the school in the United States really wasn't what I wanted for my kids. They're not learning the right things. They're not learning skills that they're going to need later on in life. And so it was a whole process for me to be able to say, you know what, we're going to world school that. We're going to take this travel thing. And my husband's like, you just want to travel. No, no, no. We're going to take this travel thing. And we're going to make this the education because this is where they're learning marketable skills.
0: Okay. So I want to take it back a little bit because I feel like mm-hmm. we, and there's so much here. The two things that I just heard, one was um, now that your daughters, and what are your daughter's names? Sophia and Maya. All right. So when Sophia and Maya became toddlers, it became a little bit more difficult to be in a classroom setting. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about you being a publisher. And then the second thing that I also heard is when you started presenting this idea to your husband that we're going to take the show on the road and we're going to do world schooling.
1: I'm sure that you you're like me. You're very social and you probably meet people everywhere. You probably meet a ton of expats in Costa Rica and a ton of foreigners. Right. Yes. And what do we do? We talk and we Gosh. talk and we talk. I mean, especially when I lived in Progresso and there was cruise ship days, people just wanted to know how we live here. What is it like? What do you mean in rent? We just talk for ages. And when you make these traveler friends, your whole life, your friends are who live near you, right? Your, your friends are kind of chosen for you based on proximity, based on what like class you're in in school. They're not really people that share your values as an adult. So when you start to make these traveler friends, you're you're meeting people that have the same passion as you. And it really is kind of magical. Corny to say, but it's magical. You understand each other. You don't have to talk all the time. You'll talk in like two years when you cross paths. But there's an understanding. So I'm hearing these amazing stories, these amazing stories of women traveling, of women. This is where I started to meet people that were building businesses that are doing things like retreats like what you do. This was so far away from my small town USA mindset. I never knew anyone who went to a retreat, let alone thought about using that to travel and build a business. And there's so many little examples of that. And I'm like, why don't we know about that? How are we supposed to find out? It's not realistic for someone back home to meet all these travelers because they're not traveling yet. They're thinking about it. How can we put that out there? How can we inspire them and tell these stories? Of, they're really life-changing stories where people have were deeply unhappy before, deeply unfulfilled before. And now they've, they're living like their best lives in different countries on the road. and a lot of them are doing it with families. So that was the idea behind the stories that I picked to share, if that makes sense. I think it does.
0: And I like to say this, and this is what I'm getting from you right now. It's like so many travelers, especially in our early days of traveling and your early days of traveling, right? We meet these like-minded friends who talk about their experiences. And I like to say they're like our our vision board, right? Because they tell us these stories of these faraway places and their experiences. And at least for me, it always creates this emotional connection. You're literally showing and saying, hey, I can be this for you. I can be your partner in believing. I can be your vision board. I can help you build a bridge from where you are to where you're meant to be. Is that, am I getting that right?
1: If you think, yeah, if you think about it, when I started traveling, the people I met influenced my journey. When I met solo travelers, i can do that too she's doing it i can do it when i met expats they're doing it i can do it and and so it's really a way of giving back giving back to the people who like me i grew up reading books never had a book like what i'm publishing now but what if i did what if i had those books growing up would i have started traveling earlier would my life be different i don't know but I don't think it would ever be a bad thing for people to read a book and see there is another way to live, even if they don't pick it, just to accept there is another way to live because we're not very accepting in the United States.
0: So t- let's talk about the books. Let's talk about exactly what the books are. And like I said, it is a gift. You're giving this gift. You're saying here is a way I'm going to show you a way. So talk about the first book how it went, and then continue on. Because how many books have you published
1: so far? So I have a set, well, I don't know if you're going to, I have seven. I and then I have that. my first workbook, which is kind of how I started publishing. But that's a whole different story for a whole nother day. <laughs> <laughs> so the books, I, I compare them to, do you remember Chicken Soup for the Soul? Yes. Yes. Loved. I love that one. yeah, yeah. yeah So I compare them to that. I say, it's like chicken soup for the traveler's soul, where they are multi-author books, there are anthologies, and each book is made up of individual stories. Each chapter is individual to the author. They're not building off of each other. And there's a couple of reasons for this. You know, people today don't have attention spans. (laughs) You know, it's much easier for them, especially moms, to read a 15 minute chapter one at a time than to read a whole book. But also, it's so much more valuable. It's so much more valuable for the reader because maybe I don't relate with Kathy. You know, I just don't see myself in you, but maybe I see myself in Casey. So there's, it's impossible that you're gonna read an entire book and not say, that person's like me. That one, the single mom, I'm a single mom too. And that's really these niche stories that aren't mainstream at all. That's really the purpose of it is so that real people can read real experiences and connect. So the name of your company is Nomad Publishing.
0: So it's collaborative books.
1: You have been bring, bringing in, in, up until now, has it been all women? So I have worked with a couple men. I Actually, a man just... Just joined my expat expat book yesterday. I saw um, that. Mostly women. Women tend to be more writers, I'm not against working with men. It's just women tend to be writers and moms. A lot of the books are focused on family travel and being a mom. So obviously, uh, sometimes I get kicked back from the dads and they're like, you should do a father's book. And I'd say, well, I'm not a father. So I think you could put it together, but I don't think I can help tell you the story of being a father because I don't know it. So I do try to to focus on stories that are slices of my life, digital nomad, traveling with family, world schooling, educating, road schooling, whatever your alternative form of education is when you travel. I try to tell it because I know it too. What was the name of the first book that you put up?
0: Nomads. Nomads. Okay. I know you're going to show us that, but nobody's, nobody. In what uh, year, what year was that, Sarah? How, how long ago? That just past
1: two years that it's been published in August. Oh, right. so wow. Congratulations.
0: So you, how God. did the first book kind of kick off and what did that look like? Was it, you know, did you feel like you were out of your comfort zone? Like what was kind of the emotion behind that and the women who were part of it? T- tell us a little bit about that first book.
1: So the first book, uh, the first thing that you do, of anything, right. It's a lot of trial and error. The first book was successful. Like all of the books, they're always bestsellers. They always sell a lot of copies. But there were a couple chapters in the first book that I personally didn't relate to because again, I'm a mom and, and there were people that weren't moms. And so the first book really, it kind of made me pivot towards I think I can tell better stories if we're focusing on people like me even though it was about travelers and the stories are I mean they're great they're inspiring for single women but it wasn't that focus that I really wanted eventually got it
0: so how, how much um, time went by before you published your second book so August
1: four months Okay, so about and then, yeah, it's every, every four, there might have been one point over six months in between, but every four to six months, we do it. A lot of times it depends on Christmas because you you don't want to publish during Christmas. So you want to do it and you don't want to publish during Thanksgiving. So there's sometimes like a long wait right there, but so I'm getting that these are the lessons that you've learned along the way. Oh, so, not just me though. So, we, the thing is, when you read these books, we are so much alike. You hear a lot of the same themes, even though every story is different. You hear a lot of the same themes with regards to motherhood, uh, you know, putting pressure on ourselves, not taking care of ourselves. You hear a lot about, I grew up and I didn't have opportunity, and now I really feel in control. So there's a lot of stories and themes that just are drilling it into your head. The limits in your life are self-imposed. I love that. I, I I coach
0: a lot of women on those exact things, right? And taking ownership and taking our power back and saying, all right, like, girlfriend, like, what do you want? I, you started, you know, this interview and we were talking about how you didn't even have a dream when you were you know 16 17 years old living outside of Philadelphia you thought you were just going to have this job because that's that was the only path available you know until mm-hmm. you kind of again look over the the fence and say wait a minute they're doing it <laughs> i want to do that that looks way more fun you know and, and then showing up in your power and saying wow like You know, I'm sorry that you feel that way, but this is what I'm going to do because this is what I want to do because this Mm -hmm. is what I'm called to do in in getting, you know, I say stringing together wins, starting to string together those wins and grow your wings and say, oh, wow, I can do this and and I can grow off of this. And now I have a community that's supporting me in this. So it's, I, I love the way things unfold when we have the trust And that's just what I get from you, Sarah. You just have, you know, like this incredible energy in this gift and this, um, joy. And, and I don't know, your energy is just like, yeah, this is, this is, this is happening and it's all good and it's all in its own time. Um, but I, I, Keep talking about the books. I, I, I think they're amazing. So it, the first one was Nomads. You learned some lessons from that. And then take us through a few more of the books, like maybe
1: your favorite book or some of the other I titles. I can't pick a favorite. Okay. <laughs> I think picking a favorite child. No. I it's, a, it's a favorite country. There's, there's things that make them unique. I think Too hard. The second book I did was born to travel. So that was the the concept was from how I started traveling with my daughter. I mean, she was six weeks old when we left El Salvador. So we just got our passport and, and ran. And so that's where that was born from. And I met other families that, yeah, you know, I was traveling when I was pregnant. We started before my child was born. And that's when I really started to meet a lot of the world schooling families, because they're writing about their journeys. And their kids are school age and they're like, well, you know, we got time to go to school and we chose to do this. So that happening right at the time when my kids were supposed to go to school was a huge influence on me. So each book really is kind of like my traveling journey as I go, you know, I have to wait for, for the inspiration for, cause there's a million ideas. You know, I have 2000 ideas of books I'd love to publish, but I just wait for the right time
0: in the people show up the, the women or men now who are supposed to be in the books just show up
1: it's amazing how like you said you almost like manifest these people that come into your lives right mm-hmm. when i when I, I didn't even know i wanted to travel solo and then i'm seeing it everywhere i think a big part of that is just being open being open to a lot of people just won't even have a conversation, they won't, they won't even meet someone new. It's just being open and saying yes to that.
0: And that's okay for them, right? I mean, a lot of people really enjoy the way they live and I would never, you know, um, that's just not the way we are, but there are a lot of people who really do enjoy the comfort zone and and, and that
1: is their path, you know, but. Absolutely. I, yeah. I said to my husband yesterday, you know, because I'm I'm just per- trying to perfect my TED talk script, and then I said, <laughs> why are some people happy with their day-to-day routine, staying in the same place? Why are some people happy and why are we not? And we were really reflecting on that. And he said, because before he met me, he didn't travel. And he said, I always said, well, were, were you happy? And he kind of gave me a look, and I said, no, I'm not going to be mad. Were you happy? And he said, yeah, I was happy. So, Are you happy now? I said, yeah, I'm happy now. So, said, well, how come you were happy back then? He said, well, I didn't know any better. Mm. I didn't know that you could travel. I didn't know mm-hmm. Airbnb. I didn't know it was so inexpensive to travel. I thought it was for rich people. He was imposing. He had his own limitation, his own self-imposed limitation. That's for people's money. That's not for me. Where did he grow up? He grew up here in Veracruz. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a lot of people think that way, even back home, right? Mm -hmm. And and I understand that there are people who are extremely happy with the white picket fence and the 2.5 kids and, and the two cars in the driveway. And that is awesome. I probably don't see that side as much because when people are seeking me out, you know, childhood friends, family members, when they're sending me messages, they're telling me I'm deeply unhappy. This is not, I see you living this life and I want to do that. So I probably see just one side of it, right? From my interactions. But you have to recognize that that's their path and and there's nothing wrong with that.
0: So I want to bring up to you, and this is a perfect segue for this, Because I've been thinking so much about this. So just for everyone I'm going to throw out there, I am super, super grateful for Sarah um, because I am currently writing a chapter in your collaborative book, and I can name it, right? Oh, yeah, of course. It's called Out of the Box. It's going to be released on December 8th. And... Writing a chapter, I'm actually writing a chapter in your book, and I just wrote a chapter in another book. There's so much reflection um, on who we are and the journey that we took. It, It can be quite overwhelming, actually. I mean, it's liberating and overwhelming at the same time, surprisingly. But what I'm realizing about myself, or maybe I've always realized that I'm now just speaking about it differently or acknowledging it differently or, you know, even walking through this fire in a way is how the systematic and institutionalized schooling in social society and all of that is so, um, it's not conducive for everyone. And it is for some people. And for some people, like we, we were just saying, some people are very happy on that path because I feel like that's who they are, right? The system works for them. But there's so many of, I'll just talk about myself, so many people like me who did never fit in that system, who were called crazy... Stupid, not working hard enough, not trying hard enough, all of these things because I was making a lot of people uncomfortable with the fact that I couldn't conform to this way of being. So how I, you know, I'm really reflecting and I feel sadness about how many people are left behind in a system that doesn't work for them. Because something in you, you know, I call it my like, rebellion, right? (laughs) Like my little spark of like Uh a firecracker, you know, like, you know, maybe growing up, people had other names or labels they would (laughs) place on me. But I'm just so grateful for how rebellious I was. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I feel like propelled me and pushed me to the other side. You know, I, I couldn't literally couldn't be in that system anymore. I was like, uh, this isn't where I belong. But there's so many people, and you just brought that up, that they're in that system and they're unhappy because it's not for everyone. But there's almost no path to get out because, ooh, it's scary, because you're blonde, because you're pretty, because yeah. you're too nice. <laughs> All of the things that you brought up before, these are like the, the bars of a cage that we put ourselves in. And it's just like, you know, you are so inspirational about saying, come on, let me show you where the keys are, girl, like, <laughs> right? open this is Exactly. Up. Let's go. So talk a little bit more about, um, and I think I know a lot of this story just because, you know, I'm involved in the World School kind of community, but I, I want you know, everyone listening right now to hear it from you. How did that kind of evolve? How did you find it? How did you, you know, what do you take from it? What do you add to it? How did you grow with it? So yeah, just, just kind of unpack some of that and show, show everybody listening what that looks
1: like and, and how you feel about it. I love it. So I, I guess we were world schooling and we didn't know it was called world. Yeah. Kind Mm -hmm. of like we, when I was a digital nomad in 2014, I, that wasn't even a term. So I, as an ex-teacher, and I want my daughter, obviously, to be bilingual. That was always a huge dream of mine, was to be bilingual. And I was always a little a little bratty about that with my parents because they never taught us the languages of our grandparents, right? And so it's a big dream of mine. So I've always really am reinforcing vocabulary in English and Spanish and, and on top of that anyway. And so when we were traveling, we were showing my daughter, she learned how to write the letters in the sand. Sometimes I see a Montessori activity where they take sand and they put it into a Ziploc bag and you show your, your toddler how to write letters. And my daughter did that at the beach in the Yucatan, right? So it's like Montessori times a thousand. And so little things like that, uh, putting these little activities into our daily lives is kind of what got the ball rolling. When I did Born to Travel and when I met Sarah Lorimer de Santi, I don't know if you know her. I do. She's going her kids are going to Thailand with my son yes. in four weeks. Oh. That was the first person because she has her YouTube and that was the first author I worked with who's like, we sold everything and we've been tra- we were supposed to travel for a year. We've been traveling for like four. And I'm let's, like, give Seth, let's give Sarah a little <laughs> plug. What's the name of her? Um... The five, I was even about to say that. The five world explorers, it blew my mind because she has three kids. We're not talking about one, not two like me. And a lot of days, you know, with two, I'm like, I'm struggling. How is she in Bali and then in Italy? They're in a camper now. Now they're in, you know, Hawaii. It's amazing to follow. And just meeting her, And then meeting all these other people, I knew what the term world schooling was now. I didn't know what it was before. She told me, oh, no, this is called world schooling. So then I started to notice it. Again, it's like the solo travel, right? Now that I knew the term, I started to see people mention it all the time online. And that's kind of how I discovered the community. Um, Lainey approached me to help her with the World Schooling Summit because Lainey,
0: I'm just going to say Lainey Liberty and I had an interview with her. Um, Yeah, she's,
1: she's amazing. And so I got to help her because it was here in Veracruz. So I helped her with the location and, and organizing it. I got to be part of just this amazing event. And I hope she does it again. It was the most amazing event where I'd never been somewhere where you are so safe. Nobody's judging anybody there's no clicks it was a very open and safe space, and just everybody you just felt like you fit in we're so used to being the black sheep we're so in our families we're so used to people not understanding why is she always traveling what is she running away from those kind of things that they comment and say that it was just amazing to be among so many different families who were doing it all a little differently right the definition is it depends on the family and what what works for them right now but again that there are no limits anymore it doesn't matter what happens my daughter has adhd it doesn't matter what strategy we need to implement i know there is one because of all these people that i that i've connected with it's it's so beautiful and it just continues
0: to grow right it's so amazing oh, yeah. like i always feel like you know, if I if I go home back to Boston or, you know, wherever, and it's like, wow, how could you, I was just in Manhattan in New York City a couple of weeks ago, and everybody we met said, wow, you live in Costa Rica? And mm-hmm. you forget sometimes, you're like, oh, yeah. But then being in a group of, like, you're talking about these incredible families, like minded people, you go like, wow, you know, I feel like my experiences are so much less than everyone else, oh,
1: one hundred percent, in a good way, in a good way, yes. because you know what they say: you're the su- you're the sum of like the five people you spend the most time with. So you're supposed to look for people who are better than you. Mm-hmm. You're sort
0: of, yeah.
1: and I think that was a a big problem for me when I when growing up. I'm I love my family. I love my childhood friends. Don't don't take it the wrong way, but. None of them had really accomplished anything. None of them were entrepreneurs. None of them uh, were business people. They all had low-wage jobs. Even my dad. And mom was a stay-at-home mom. There was nowhere for me to go if I stayed there. And now, I mean, there's just no there's no limit now. It's the complete opposite where I know that we can pick up and move to Valley for six months tomorrow if we want to and not be scared because I know somebody from that world schooling community is going to be there. <laughs> I already know that, right? Or they're, they're going to know somebody that I know already. It's like you have this network all over the world and it really shows you what a small world it is, which is interesting. It yeah, is. Bigger yeah. And simpler. it's smaller. One
0: hundred percent. I know exactly when I first started getting, you know, going down the world school when it when it came into my awareness into my life three years ago, and I started. I say that I looked through the keyhole and I was like, oh my gosh, that's where all my friends are. You know, I had no <laughs> right. idea everyone where was it. <laughs> and you know all the places that everyone is with their families all over the world. you say, I I have to look at a map or Google it. Like, where is that? And everyone is jumping on the comments saying, oh, we did that last year and we did it. And you're like, oh, my gosh, like all of a sudden now this place exists, whereas yesterday in my mind, in my awareness, that place didn't even exist. So like you're saying, the world gets bigger and bigger and it gets smaller and smaller at the
1: same time. It's so interesting. You know, I think that you have to it's a big part of being of this lifestyle is being open. Because if I had heard, if I was in the U.S. and I had heard of world schooling, I I would probably think, oh, my God, are they those religious people that don't let their kids socialize? You know, we have these ideas of alternative education. And when I just shut up and listen is when all of this, all these amazing things happen. You know, you just have to be open to it. Even if you decide it's not for you, you might try it and it might not work out, but at least I know it exists. Right. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you're making an intentional decision, right? Either to do it or not do it. But we can't always drag people into that <laughs> into that <laughs> pa- uh, paradigm either. What I wanted to ask you, I want to go back to the school, like the actual schooling. Um, your two girls is there any formal education right now? And that's a loaded question, but I'm, I'm just curious, again, so you can kind of present that to everyone.
1: How, how are they being educated? So what we do is they go to public school. Here is only four hours a day. It's not eight hours a day. And they cancel all the time. But we don't have a problem with it because we travel all the time. And they don't have a problem with that. So we found this situation where when we're traveling, which is I would say about 50% of the time we're traveling, we're, we're actually talking with the WhatsApp group with the teacher. And so will be sending pictures and videos from Palenque and the ruins or Bacalar. And she's talking to her her friends and she brings stuff back for them. And then they talk about it in class. So we've been really lucky with that. We have really understanding teachers who who aren't pushing back. Because I understand that that is a problem when they get to middle school and high school here. I don't plan on sending them past elementary school. I really want them to take charge and to take classes in what they're interested in at that point. But we've just been really lucky in, in finding flexible people. My daughter gets straight A's. You just hand me the report card and laughs, and she's never even here. <laughs> <laughs> we just got back from Oaxaca uh, I have a friend that lives in Oaxaca, and that's the thing about world schooling is you never have to pay for accommodations ever again in your life. <laughs> like people just invite you to stay with them. So I, I we stayed with a friend in Oaxaca. We stayed with my brother-in-law in in the north of Mexico. Um, we stayed. We went camping when my brother visited last week. So we're doing all these really nature-based trips because that's what keeps our kids busy and involved right now. What does your husband do? Is he is he working? So he, he has an Amazon Mexico store. Mm-hmm. So again, when we first got together, because I was a single mom. And so when you are a single mom and you're traveling by yourself, it is, you are independent. And I'm not giving that up for anybody, right? Like I worked really hard to get to this point and not moving backwards. So I used to, I called it the speech. And when someone want to date me. I would give them a speech about travel and I'm not going to stop traveling and this has to work for us. And it, they all say yes. And then usually it doesn't work out. You're going to travel by yourself. You know, it just never works out. But when, when I started dating my husband, I had really like sworn off, man, I was very confident. I was very happy being a single mom. I had known him from five years before when I lived in Veracruz. So it wasn't a new person. And, and the timing was just right. So one of my kind of requirements was, well, like you have to have a job that's as flexible as mine, you know? And Amazon Mexico is growing. It's like Amazon USA 15 years ago. It's just growing wow. every year and they um getting bigger and bigger as people are starting to, you know, a lot of the population's unbanked. They don't have debit cards. Mm. So luckily that's worked out. I have a teacher's pay teacher store. From when I was a teacher, I uploaded all my materials to that when I stopped teaching. Yeah. And it just generates a little bit of passive income every month.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. So just continuing that creative process, right? To say like, all right, this is what I want to do. Travel, be with my family, world school, Experience all these adventures with friends. How can
1: we fund yeah. that? And that that always shows up, you know. Like, those you know things? what? We looked into a lot of stuff. I mean, we didn't just pick. Okay, I'm in Mexico for anything. We really had to sit down and think about well, what's going to be? Because if we're sending packages from our household, that's not going to work. Because no, we're not home all the time. It can't be something we could open a business right here. Well, I don't want to be here 12 hours a day in a store or something like that. We really had to evaluate the amount of freedom that we wanted and how we could make it work. And that's how Amazon, because they have fulfilled by Amazon, where they're doing all the shipping and the processing of orders. And that's how we came um, to decide on that. But there were uh, so many options there. Again, there's no limits. People are making money. In the most surprising ways online to fund their travels i love that and you've created a container for a book for it right sometimes all <laughs> i just laugh when they tell me what they do i'm like how did you think of that i love it i just one world schooling mom for example she was a scientist she is a doctor and she's like no i make more money doing makeup videos on facebook as you left that behind. <laughs> 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 They're all equally surprising, and I would say there's nothing more creative than a mom because we are used to time management. You know, budget. We're used to making miracles anyway. I uh-huh. have, right? Oh, I love it! Thanks for sharing
0: all that, Sarah. That's amazing. Let's get back to your books real quick, and also you were talking about the speech in it. The speech that you gave potential So I want to talk about (laughs) your next thing, which is a speech,
1: right? Yeah. So can we talk about that real quick? Of course. So I, I publish books for a reason. I like to write. I'm a writer. I hate public speaking. hate it. I'm like, I'm the girl from school. I would literally break out in hives if I had to talk in front of the class. And then later on, I just would always be sick on those days, so I never had to do it. So again, leaving your comfort zone. I ha- I've been doing this for two years with the books. Last year, I organized a TEDx event. I didn't speak, I just organized it. And so the next logical step is to speak. It's to do what scares me the most. I d- you know, And it's a scary in a good way. It's scary in an exciting way. Um, it, a lot of reflection about what is my message, because I certainly don't want to do it again. (laughs) I only want to do it once. So there's a lot of reflection about what's that one message. I can't cram everything into it. Can you share your idea? You
0: don't need to, if you
1: don't want to, but it's exactly what we talked about today. It's the idea that, you know, when your world is small, you're imposing limits on yourself. And as your world grows, those limits are just disappearing one by one. So with travel, I have just done things I never thought were possible. And I'm not even finished yet. I'm 37. I'm not finished yet, which makes the future so much more exciting for me. Because I know whatever crazy idea I have, I know that there's a path to get there. And so I really want to share that with with people who... For example, my best friend, talk all the time, and she's like, I want to travel. My husband is against it. He hates travel, um, but he doesn't want me to go by myself, especially not to Mexico. Mexico's dangerous, all the things you know, that I heard so many years ago. So I always think of her when I'm writing and working on that because it's, she doesn't see it the way I see it. She doesn't see how it's even possible. So just trying to let people know that you're not gonna go from, I never traveled before to uh, backpacking through Central America. You're probably gonna start, maybe, I don't know, go out to dinner by yourself. And when, when I'm talking to my friend, wait, it's not that I'm judging her. Or I want her to live like me. My journey is my journey. This is mm-hmm. what my journey looks like. This, is, this got me to where I am. And it's gonna continue to bring me places, but your journey is yours. And it can be transformational just the same and look very, very different. But the struggle for me is when you have people in your life that you love, uh, and you they're telling you, I'm not happy. And they're telling you, I hate my job. I'm thinking of quitting and, and, and just like taking any job at McDonald's because I hate what I'm doing, but I haven't found what I want to do in life. And this is my best friend from high school. So this has been twenty years that she hasn't found what she wants to do. So when she's telling me my husband, I don't even want to bring it up because it's gonna be a fight, you know, she she's just, she's limiting herself with that fear of losing him. It's just hard because I know that she's a way better chance of finding a passion if she opens her world up. Because if she hasn't found it in twenty
0: years. In, that, in twenty years. Like yeah. It, it's not there. It doesn't live there. Right? Exactly. And that's, uh, so, I, and that's all we can do, Sarah. We can t- t- continue to show up in our true, authentic self, shine as brightly as we possibly can, do what is our passion. Yours is writing the books and, and bringing people in. I mean, the only reason why I'm having this interview right now with you you're in Mexico, I'm in Costa Rica, your kids are younger, my kids are older. Like. The only reason why we're connected right now is through Facebook, through, um, well, I got connected with you because there was an invitation to be in one of your books. Mm-hmm. And already, just from saying yes to you, my world has even grown since, I'm, you know, and I've brought uh, yeah. brought friends into the book. It's just like, it's, a, this it's is, a mutual thing. It's just, it's, you're right, saying yes. It, it's just, it, it just, we continue to expand and we continue to expand and our networks grow and um, more opportunity just falls right into place. So it's it's just a magical journey, Sarah, and I'm so grateful again for you to be showing up today. I'm excited for your books. You have six best-selling books. Devin, I sent Seven. them. oh my gosh. These books are, some of them are in hard copy,
1: paperback. They're, they're all available at ebook paperback and hardcover. And we have one audiobook, the rest are in production.
0: I'm so impressed by you, Sarah. And I I love that. I really am. I'm so grateful and honored to be part of your journey. Um, Can you tell everyone where to find your books
1: and how to be in touch with you and where to find you? Oh, sure. Of course. So my website is nomadpublishinghouse.com. And from there, you can find links to all of the books. And if they want to find me, the best place is on Facebook. And you can look for Sarah Tyler in Veracruz. I am the. Oh, I promise I'm the only Sarah Tyler in Veracruz. You'll find me very quickly. It is S-A-R-A. Yeah, no H, no H. Yeah, yeah, cool.
0: Thanks for sharing so much wisdom, Sarah. Um, yeah, again, you're amazing. And I, I really know that my audience... We've had such incredible different women talking about their personal experiences, their personal journey, their authentic path. And you know, you just shined that light so bright. So thank you so much. If anyone has any questions, of course, you can reach out to me. You can reach out to Sarah. Plug into nomadpublishing.com. Find out the books that Sarah's writing. And if you don't mind me saying, Sarah, you're always looking for contributors. All oh, right. Like, yes. Yeah. So if 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 that's something that um, you've been wanting to do, or if that's something that you're called to do, reach out to Sarah. See if it's a good fit. It's super exciting. Collaborative books right now are so hot, and it, it's just a really fun way to connect with um, different people, different women, different experiences. So I really highly encourage that and i just want to say um thanks everyone for tuning in every month to and then what happened my name is kathy talone and i am a transformational life coach helping women like we talked about today live the life of their dreams stepping into the life that they truly truly love and sarah i'm excited to be on this path with you and um thanks again for everything all right thanks thank you all for being here See you next month.